Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Bedside Matters. I'm excited and I'm laughing because we got, boy, do we have some guests today. This is the podcast, of course, that addresses the medical issues that impact all of us every single day. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Tilden. I'm joined by Anna Vicino, Dr. David Kipper, and two other very special guests. Anna? And, and let me just preface this by saying these two very special guests are dear friends with our beloved Dr. David Kipper. In fact, he might have seen them both naked. Shall we get started? Oh, I think we should. We are speaking with Steve Martin and Martin Short. Hi, guys. I'll introduce my friend Martin Short. We work together and play together. I'll introduce my partner, one of the great legendary comedians of our time. Oh, why, why just our time? Well, because I'm being real. I don't think it's going to play in other times. I just okay. I think it's too broad, and I think it's too heady. It's too something. Ten years from now, they're going to say, oh, it's too morons. No, I don't. Your body of work is yeah, amazing. By the so. way, the awards between the two of you, you can't even count. There's Grammys. There's Emmys. There's, there's all kinds of awards in every category, correct? We have all the awards money can buy. <laughs> You've heard of an EGOT. Yes. Uh, Steve yes. is an ego. Yeah. Oh. oh I'm missing nice. the Tony. Just one Tony shy. Yeah. yeah. What you did, Broadway, came close, right? Well, it's nominated. Well, that's there you close. Go. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty fine. amazing. It's like an EGOT. Uh... <laughs> EGOTN. Yeah. Is that driving you? Is that, the, is that the goal now to get the Tony? The bastards who denied it? No, I, I like to do exactly what I'm doing. I guess we could just start with some context and say you guys know each other for a long time since Three Amigos, um, and obviously best friends. You tour together, et cetera. But is there is there a tension that comes from working with a good friend? Because there's a different level when you're on stage and you're performing, and there could be disagreements about how you honestly work. there. Uh, unless Marty is har- harboring a dark secret, I don't. I don't think there's any tension at all ever no, between us. There isn't. I think no. there isn't. Because there is a belief in our hearts that even if we did overstep a line, it wasn't intentional. So there's a, there's a pureness to it. But do you work the same? Steve, I heard that you work out of, it's funny, you said that you work out of fear. You were joking, I think, on Kona's podcast that you did Saturday Night Live with Marty and you worked on the uh, opening for forever. Well, it was something we did in our show. So when I said we worked on it for three years, we had it in our show, honing it and honing it and honing it. And when it first started, we're talking about a, a bit where we give each other our eulogies. Um, you know, you try something and then it doesn't work and then you try something else and that works and then you get on the right track. We had the idea for a while before that, but didn't know how to get in. Anyway, it's a, you know, it's a slow process. But it's also a performance. I mean, before you went on Carson, you talk about how you agonize about that stuff. There's a lot of stress to your business people don't see as far as delivering the goods and making sure that, that it works and the audience accepts it. I think it's in any profession, anybody who wants to do well has a lot of work in front of them. And um, it just doesn't come easy. You have to work at it. The, the, you know, doctor profession, uh, audio profession, podcast, you have to work at it. I I work hard, let's say, on a talk show appearance based on the idea that if it doesn't go well, I can still toast myself and say, good for me, I did the best I could. The output from both of you is amazing. Do you sleep well? Do you sleep? Do you get eight hours sleep? Do you have anxiety when you wake up? Do you have to overcome? Do you drink guzzle coffee? What's what's the day like? Well, I definitely get seven hours sleep at least. I wake up. I have coffee 
I'll listen to Morning Joe and get into the politics of, of Steve's a big Trumper and I'm not, so sometimes we have problems there. And then we then I will have a lovely bowl of bran. I um you know, like today is a very slow day for me. I'm really looking forward to this to doing this podcast because I've essentially done nothing this morning. And um usually I'll I'll exercise, but if I didn't I didn't I woke up really early this morning, so I didn't I was really sleepy, so I didn't exercise. I want to know what your workout routine is. I uh, my exercise is pretty simple. I have a treadmill and I have a weight machine. And I turn on the TV and I watch a show and sort of idly work out while I'm watching the show. I'm just saying stars, they're just like us. It yeah. sounds like Steve Martin sits around and lackadaisically exercises like the rest of us. So yes. thank you. Well, also, you know, I do have a I do have an electric bicycle which offers absolutely no exercise. <laughs> I love riding it around. I love it. I go up hills, I go down, and I always have a podcast or a book, audiobook in my ears. Like I just uh, read uh, Nora Ephron biography by audiobook, and I figure I lost a half a pound. <laughs> That's I go by how much weight Steve, did I Steve, lose? Why is it safe to be on a bike and then have AirPods in your ears so you can't hear traffic in New York? Ah, I don't have AirPods in my ears. I have open bone conducting headphones, so my ears are wide open, and the sound goes is conducted through. It's fantastic. You can hear traffic, and you can hear your thing. Since you're talking about hearing, I know you have you wanted to talk about hearing, hearing aids, etc. It, it it it's close to my heart. My wife had hearing aids forever, and then had to have a cochlear implant because her hearing had had degenerated. So I'm curious to hear what your situation is. My hearing is is damaged from years of. Being on stage and playing music in a band that's loud. I, I don't know how people tolerate it. I don't know that I can understand why it's not even illegal. Oh, there's our dog. Why it's not even illegal to to play uh, music at such high volume, damaging hearing for people. But anyway, that's not the point. I had this idea for a very, very inexpensive hearing aid, uh, maybe 50 cents. And I tested it. Uh, not scientifically, a little bit scientifically, and it raised my hearing uh, by 5 to 10%. And I'll tell you what it is. We all know that if you cup your ears, you could hear way better. But also, even if you just tip the end of your ear a little bit forward, you your hearing uh, gets a little bit sharper. And so I thought, hey, I have an idea. It's like I'll make something that goes behind the ear and just pushes it out a little bit. And I worked on it, and I hired a guy to fabricate it, and I'm working on different blues, you know, to go behind your ear. And finally, I just gave up, because it was it was too complicated, and then the, I think the fabricator lost interest. And so I just gave up. And then one night, about, uh, yeah, I gave it, stopped for a year. Then one night, I'm lying in bed, and I went, breathe right strips. And breathe right strips are perfect to go behind your ear and just push it out. It pulls your nose out, but it'll also push your ear out. So you get the clear ones. Oh. So there's no, uh, you can't see them. And you put it behind your ear and it pokes your ear out just a little enough. I think it'd be great for people to, you know, for television, watching television, just sit there. Because you do look a little funny. (laughs) You have your ears out. You know, just a little bit. It's great for women if your hair covers their ears. 
Uh, but it, uh, Stephen, wouldn't you rather read lips than look like Alfred E. Newman? <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I can hear fine, but I, you know, it's a, but it's amazing. You determined that it, it increased it by a five to the other percent. Well, I went increase. to a hearing specialist. I said, test my hearing and I'll test it again while I, while I have these things on. And she said, well, it went up, uh, at least 5% and it would have been 10%, but you missed a couple of S's. Oh, the end of sentences. Well, isn't that David? Isn't that what a vestigial thing? Didn't humans used to be able to move their ears like a wolf and listen? And, and it... some people still can. By the way, Steve, when she gave you that metric, is that why the price went down to fifty per fifty cents? Was it originally a dollar, or how did that work? Well, you know, listen, Breatherite is going to make millions off this idea. I'm going to get nothing from it. So, Marty, any invention that you're currently working on or have, have done that's been semi-successful? Zero. I mean, I, I, that's not true. You have a highly successful birthday card. That's awesome. American greetings. I always wondered with those. You have to go, hi, Alan. Hi, Abe. At one point, you think the only thing you can do now is enter Bellevue. <laughs> 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 because you do have to do every name it's like it's like you know 1400 names or marty sent me sent me his greeting on my birthday he had the wrong name that i charles well because it wasn't <laughs> finished yet. well i know i'm just... <laughs> but it was, it was a thought that counts i mean who cares that it was <laughs> but speaking of creating you guys each have amazing characters that you've created that are now iconic and so how does that happen how do how do you evolve into one of these creating one of these characters well marty does that i don't really do that i've performed you know i mean a little bit but marty has actual weird bizarre fleshed out characters like when you even think of who ed grimley is i was thinking there's not one thing in the character of ed grimley that is normal or makes sense i think that ed grimley represented um a great innocence. I remember um, my s former sister-in-law, Liz, was married to my brother Michael. They're not married now, but they had two children. And I remember she came down to visit Nancy and me in California. And she was about 25, 26. And by that time, I'd flown on a million planes. She hadn't. And she said, oh, I was so excited to fly today. In fact, I changed my outfit three times trying to figure out what I'd wear on the plane. I thought, Oh, that innocence on an adult is so appealing. And so that was the gimmick of Ed Grimley. I'm curious, you guys both came up in the 60s, 70s during the drug, the drug era. Um, how did that guys, how did it impact you with, with that going around? And was there, I mean, you did Second City TV, you were in Godspell. Um, it had to be everywhere, correct? I, uh, I was very lucky because in the 60s, I tried marijuana and had a horrible reaction. And from then on, I was afraid of any, any drugs. I've never had cocaine, you know, um, what other drugs are they? I've never had them either. So I was very lucky to escape the pressure of that, you know. Same with me. I was always terrified of the idea of losing control. So there weren't drugs. Uh, SCTV, there are no drugs. And by the time I got to Saturday Night Live, the cocaine, infamous cocaine years of SNL were done. Because I didn't join that cast until the 80s. 
And um, no, the idea of suddenly that clock coming towards you and going away, no, that was terrifying to me. Right. When I think of, of friends of mine, close friends that I've had for 30 years, all su many successful people, I don't think of one of them who ever did a lot of drugs. Yeah, it was not a part of my world. It really wasn't. Interesting. Um, I want to ask you, do you guys have any medical questions for Dr. Kipper? Oh, I, I have a medical question. Yes. The the new, I, you were talking about it earlier, the new COVID vaccine, which addresses the new variant. I had another medical professional say, when was the last time you had COVID? And I said, well, I had it once and it was a year ago. It was a, in June of 2022. And this medical professional said, then you don't need the new vaccine because you've had that strain. If this is formed as a question, the, my answer would be that the new strain has really only been here for a few months. Uh -huh. And it started in Denmark and it ended up going to, I think, Israel, and now it's here. But we've only had this one for a couple months. But the new vaccine, which has been in evolution now for several months, does cover these new strains. The old one did not. So for those listening that are concerned about getting the vaccine based on what you said, Steve, get the vac get the new vaccine because it is now programmed to last us hopefully for a year. And if you've had other vaccines in the past, as you mentioned a year ago, Steve, you're going to have some immunity to the basic virus. What what we're trying to keep up with are, are these uh, nuances and these mutations that are now, the last mutation itself had 30 mutations of its own. So it's now the cat is out of the bag. And so keeping up with this is difficult. But the spike protein, which is really the problem here, is that these viruses now, these variants, are learning how to get around the spike protein. So these new vaccines have to incorporate those changes and the new one does and so i strongly recommend that you get that a lot of people i know have covid a lot of people right now it's going around right now children and adults we've worked with we're lucky we didn't get sick we haven't yet so here's something on the testing that i think is really interesting now i have seen as a clinician that these tests are not always valid because someone will test negative for a couple of days you know they have the virus based on their symptoms and then three days, four days later, they start testing positive. The reason that's important is that if you are early on in your illness and you take this antiviral Paxlovid, it stops it. And if you wait until you test positive, which is what the CDC originally said, by then it's too late. You have enough of a viral load that you're, you're not going to do yourself any good. Also, if you start early, you prevent long COVID. But what's interesting now about these vaccines, do you remember when this thing first came out? It was like five days, we thought, from exposure to illness. And then that turned into four days and then three days. And now it's two days. And the reason for that is that you get exposed to this virus, at the new virus, and the new virus comes in, but the immune system recognizes it enough to send out its own response, which is where you get your symptoms after a couple days. You haven't built up enough of a viral load, but the immune system sees a portion of this virus as familiar, sends out its uh, inflammatory cytokines, 
and you start to feel sick. And so people are checking in now on day two, not day five with their illness, but you're not going to get enough of a viral load still for about three to five days. So the longer you wait to take your medicine, the worse your illness is going to be. Aren't you in a quandary that you may not have symptoms, you may be testing negative, but have it? How do you know when to start Paxlovid? So the good news in that, Steve, is that if, you, if you're not symptomatic and you've been exposed and you know you're going to get it, but you're testing negative, you just don't have enough of a viral load to get you sick yet. So you keep testing. Or you wait until, and this is my recommendation, until you get your first symptom. And the first symptom is usually one that everybody poo-poos because it's fatigue. People start getting tired initially. But it's a different tired. It's a, yeah. it's a yes, it's a debilitating fatigue. So that's your first symptom. And then within a short period of time, you're going to get an upper respiratory symptom within a day. So to answer your question, you start the, the antiviral the minute you get your symptoms. And here's where this gets more confusing, because now, this time of year, we're going to see not just COVID, we're going to see flu and we're going to see RSV, the respiratory syncytial virus. And those viruses are respiratory viruses, so you're going to get a lot of similarities. The differentiating symptom is the fatigue. So if you're tired and you're starting to feel viral, it can't hurt you to start the Paxlovid. Nothing bad's going to come of that. And these other viruses do different things. So the flu is going to give you higher fevers. It's going to give you body aches. It's going to give you some GI symptoms. And the RSV is going to make you wheeze because it, it affects the small airways lower down and you're going to get wheezing. You're not really getting wheezing so much with COVID or with the flu. So the symptoms are nuanced. But to answer again that question, the minute you start to get a symptom, you should start the Paxlovid. Early on, I, I heard that you really need two horses of Paxlovid, Paxlovid to knock out that virus. Is that the case anymore? Or? No, because what we were seeing was we were seeing people that took their Paxlovid and then four days later, five days, and they were fine. Five days after they completed the Paxlovid, they started symptoms all over again. And people originally thought that was a Paxlovid rebound. What it really is, is that you start your Paxlovid after you've had a viral load that's built up enough so that you're symptomatic, right? Now you start the Paxlovid. Paxlovid stops any more virus from forming. But that virus that was going on for those first few days, it didn't kill that virus. That virus is still there. So what you're seeing after you stop your Paxlovid is the remnants of the original viral load that are now peeking through. That's the rebound. Does Paxlovid also counter flu or does it specifically COVID? Great question. No, it doesn't. It's a, it's a different antiviral that goes after the flu and that's Zoflusa or Tamiflu. And that's where this is going to get tricky this season because if you start the Paxlovid, but you really had the flu, you're not helping your flu. You're helping the COVID if it was COVID. But there is a there are different medicines for different viruses. HIV is another example. You start that medicine, those antivirals quickly. Herpes 
a lot of people have herpes. They start that medicine the minute they feel a herpes coming on and the herpes stops and goes away. So there, there are different antivirals. David, does Paxlovid diminish like an antibiotic? Like if you have to take it again and again and again, is the third time or fourth time you take it just as potent? No, because its job is to go after that specific virus. And so you don't, it, you don't get a tolerance to Paxlovid. You get a horrible taste in your mouth, but you don't get a tolerance. I know. I remember that. Marty, did you get COVID? I got COVID um, that I know of in December of 21 with no symptoms. It was so sad because uh, we were working and Marty had this Christmas opportunity to fly home and see his grandkids and his family and his children. And he gets off the plane and has COVID. I was planning a dinner party for 12 for Christmas night. And I thought, gee, I've never done a home test. I wonder how they work. Do I have enough for all the guests? And I tried it. Oh, no. So it what turned out to be Home Alone sequel, <laughs> except for a seven-year-old with COVID. My question is, is a COVID shot now available in all the places? Like in Los Olivos, California, not Los Angeles? Like, you know what I mean? Has it gotten to the to the country outposts? It's not everywhere, but it's in most places. So, Steve, you had the COVID and the RSV. Did you get them at the same time? No, I, no, I had the flu shot and the RSV, and I did not get them at the same time. Because you can get all three at once. I don't think anyone is going to do that, but they're safe. Yeah. If you if you are short on time and you're in the drugstore, you can get them all. Is Paxlovid still mainly for us older folks? No, it's for pretty. It's for pretty much everyone. It's it doesn't care how old you are. It just cares about stopping the virus. And I think this brings up another interesting question: Can you use it as a preventative? Which I think you can, because we use all these other antivirals as preventatives. Why would this be any different? And again, I probably have fifty experiences with patients that took the antiviral when they were definitely exposed, none of them got COVID. How much do you take? I mean, I have the packages here. Do you just take one? Do you take two? I think you take it for, what, three days, four days, right? Each little sheet has morning and night dosing, and they're different colors to indicate AM and PM, but what's in, what's in each one of those is exactly the same. I've heard a rumor that people are having some reactions to the new COVID shot of, you know, feverish or something. Is that... Anything you've heard? It is going to happen, and it's going to happen for the same reason we got the original reactions, because it is the immune system recognizing the virus and puts out all these inflammatory proteins, and that's what gives you that reaction. And so you get this new shot, and it's going to, again, recognize the virus, and it's going to give you, it's going to send out these inflammatory proteins. But if you've had enough vaccines going forward, uh, you're going to have much less of a reaction to this new shot. How about a nice round of applause for the human body? It's really unbelievable. This is why I love Dr. Kipper. There's so much information and misinformation out there about COVID that we have legends sitting here with us, Steve Martin and Martin Short, and yet we're all like 
glued to wanting to know like the vaccines, the shots, the Paxlovid, the thing like we because we don't know. Here's my question about um, certain political leaders. I'll use Ron DeSantis as an example. When he goes up, spouts anti, anti, anti. Does he is he saying this because he thinks that's what his political party wants to hear, or does he, he really believe it? I think what it, what's interesting, Marty, to that point is that when another political figure that is now fighting with DeSantis did get COVID, you remember it was within a couple days he got into a limousine to travel around to show people that it wasn't so bad. And I think that's that's another dangerous sort of way to look at it. Again, this is not a political statement, but it is it's another influencer out there that's and and we have a, there are a lot of doctors i mean it's it's the the doctor in florida um is also spouting out against these vaccines which i think is criminal but but david uh, there's science so so to the bottom of marty's question the more serious issue is when you ask if a guy believes it or not is the science out there where somebody who's intelligent and well-read and informed can read it and also make a, a decision intellectually to go, you know what, I'm going to go the other way because there is enough here that provides me with that that decision. It, it supports my decision. There's a lot of misinformation, not just about COVID, but about things in general. So there are people that are disbelievers. And because it's been politicized, it is somewhat popular to take a, a stand on whether you're going to do this or not do this. But when you look at the hospitalization rates and you look at the death rates that are ongoing with COVID, these are almost always in people that haven't been vaccinated. Those are the people that are now ending up sick and dead. So the science is there and it's, it's criminal that people are not paying attention to this. Look, when we were kids, all of us, we got polio shots, right? And we didn't get polio. And we got shots for mumps and measles. And we, we didn't have chickenpox vaccines. Uh, Anna, you might have had I one. didn't. I didn't. My daughter did. But I, I was still of the school a little bit with chickenpox. Like, well, we got it and I'm fine. When really, I it wasn't fine. I remember I was hospitalized for it. So I don't know why I thought that. There have been two outbreaks, one measles, one polio, in communities where people were not vaccinated with these. And then polio became a thing again a year ago, if you remember what was in the news. Right. And that happened because unvaccinated people got this virus. The virus isn't gone. The virus was just wiped out of our contagious pool here. But it came back. Measles came back. You're supposed to get updated measles vaccines. Nobody does. But there was a, a group uh, in the Midwest that got measles a year ago, and that hit a lot of people, adults included, because it reactivated. And your immune response to these viruses does fade over time. So that's why we're getting revaccinated for measles. And if you're an adult and you get measles and you're an adult male, you're this is terrible. I mean, this, you know. This one goes south of the boulevard and is painful and dangerous. And uh, so I think you have to follow the science and you have to ask a lot of questions and then you do what you think is best. 
you guys, when you're on the road, how do you stay healthy? Do you, do you, do you meditate? Do you do special diet, special food, any sort of precautions just so you don't get sick on the road? Well, not really. You know, we don't, uh, you know, I, I meditate a little bit. I, you know, sometimes, but I, I don't think it's keeping me you healthy. drink white I think wine after the show. You drink white wine after the show. Drink a lot of organic uh, green tea. That's part of my uh, diet. But I do try to, when I go to a city, I do try to do something during the day. Because otherwise you're sitting in a hotel room for 12 hours. But Peter, that, that brings me to a question for both Marty and Steve. Because I think they're geared this way. I know they are, about preventative care, independent of getting a virus, but just taking care of yourself in a preventative way. We have all these diagnostics. We have all these therapeutics that match the diagnostics. And it's a shame that more people don't have the luxury of getting preventative health care. Um, you catch people early with these life-threatening diseases and they're cured. They go no, away. No, I, I totally, I mean... David knows this. I, I've been a big believer of preventative medicine. You know, as Lauren Michaels always says, you never want to be in a doctor's office and hear him say, if you'd only come here a month ago. And that's the big advancement in medicine, it seems, is preventative. You know, if you're diagnosed with ovarian cancer, you still have about, from 20 years ago to now, about the same length of survival time. But with CA-125 and bracket tests, there's so much information to give you in advance of getting a disease. And Marty, you were sharing with me, you were, you were on a cruise with a friend of yours who suggested that you get your blood tested on a general way every three yeah. months. Remember this story? Four yeah. months. So, you know, you can also go the other way on this. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you're able to do that. Not everybody has good health care um, and good health care insurance. And, and that's really very sad that, that there's a, such a differential in the way people are treated. You know, I'm curious before we, we wrap up, if there, you know, Norman Cousins way back touted comedy as far as health. As, as the story goes, he was in the hospital, he was diagnosed with a lot of stuff, and he ended up saying, screw it, I'm going to watch all these comedy, Laurel Hardy, I'm going to laugh and bring joy. And you guys bring a lot of joy to people. But I'm curious, David does a lot with genetics. Is, is there a comedy gene? Is there something genetic? Or is it your childhood and, and you're craving attention from your parents to be funny? Um, because some people just don't have it. I'm sure you've sat in a room with people who just, you go, oh my gosh, there's zero, zero here. There's nothing I can do to make this person funny. So is it is it potentially genetic? I, I think it's upbringing. I can't imagine a comedy gene. Uh, although, um, you know, I I did that, um, you know, 24, what's it called? 24 and me or the genetic test. And every once in a while, I'll peek at it because they're always like updating the thing. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get Alzheimer's. I don't, I never look at that. But it will say something like, um, you, uh, your, your ability to discern musical notes is slightly diminished. And and I thought, what a what a genetic find. And you know, it's kinda true. I mean, when I first started playing the banjo, I couldn't tell I'd make a C chord and I'd make a G chord and I couldn't tell the difference. And the irony is to the audience, it they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there there's who who knows what what genetic is, you know. Uh it, genetic if you have uh what do they call it 
Where do you look at the sun and you sneeze? That's a inherited trait. Yeah. Well, no, they say if you have to sneeze, look towards the sun because it'll be, it'll get you it'll get it done for you. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. some people are prone to if they look at sun, sun, they will sneeze, and some people aren't. According, oh, oh. According to uh, the genetic uh, analysis that I've read, we should caution people: don't look too long because then you will sneeze. Yeah, burn, burn your eyesight. Yes, I just we'll want to sneeze say and not be able to yeah. see anymore. Exactly, but it'll be a good but, sneeze. But your sneezing will be fine. You got the sneeze. What's the important part? Marty, genetic, or is it all up? Is it all up upbringing? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it can just be upbringing because certain people are brilliant comedic minds growing up in a very, you know, humorless home. In my case, I grew up in a very very funny home. I grew up in a humorless home, but I had friends who were humorful. Also, if humor is perceptual, right? You, you, we all see the same thing. Marty and Steve make it funny. The rest of us are looking at that thing, and there is it. It, it is perceptual. It is the way people perceive the reality. When you look at these drugs now that are being used, psilocybin and uh, MDMA are now being used for different illnesses. But when you look at how they work, they alter the perception of someone's reality. So perception comes from part of the brain that's intellectual functioning, executive functioning. Part of it is in the emotional amygdala area. And, and another part of it is in the memory area. So those things in the brain have to have some I think, have to have some genetic basis that we may never figure out. But I think funny comes from that. And not everybody, Marty and Steve in particular, are on psilocybin, at least as far as I know. But So I, I, I think there probably is something to that, Peter. I think there probably is Raise something. your hand if you're currently on psilocybin right now. Okay, just David. Lori, okay. <laughs> it's just Steve and Marty or not. They're Although this is in my hand. I, <laughs> no that's true. In your state, no. <laughs> I, I think humor is actually learned, that you learned you learn about irony from listening to other people where they say, oh, I'm so excited to go. And and you you understand, oh, they're not excited. And, and that's like a first step to being funny. Uh, it's just hearing how other people twist things. I've I've learned so much from people, comedy, attitudes. So it's like rhythm, like music. Same thing as music. You hear it and you kind of, you learn those rhythms. Well, I got to tell you, I, I couldn't catch my breath when I watched your comedy show. The, the two of you guys working together, the magic of having to be best friends and then being able to make somebody laugh like that. Marty, you worked, I worked with Jason Alexander a lot. And Jason said every night you made it a joy when you were doing the producers because there was always something you would do to bring that magic to the thing to make it special. And I can see that with you guys that you so enjoy it. We're laughing with you. We're laughing at, at you. And we're enjoying that you're enjoying each other. So thank you for that. Thank you. Laughter is important, man, and it's magic. And also on the other thing, which you do that we can't talk about. By the way, it's the best medicine is being able to laugh. And, you know, without, without that, without being able to see something perceptually in what I do every day, giving sometimes very bad news without being able to see some lighthearted part of that in those conversations. 
it would make it much more difficult. So you guys, in my opinion, are the best two doctors I know. Well, there, uh, uh, you know, years ago, there was always this uh, theory that laughter was actually curing people and helping people. And so there's a lot of movement about laughter therapy and everything. And then a study came out and said, no, it's not true at all. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> and by the way, Steve, do you still, when the first time I met Steve, I was with Super, I really finally with Bob Einstein and he introduced me and you handed me a card, a, a business card that said this was an actual, you actually had a, a, an interv- a run-in with Steve Martin. This verifies that you had a run-in with Steve Martin. Well, that was 100 <laughs> years ago. That was Yeah, what, but it, I thought it was really fun. You were so <laughs> eager to hand me the card to say, here, take one of these. And I still, I still. Well, I figured, no. I said, people, when they come up to you, maybe ask for an autograph. That's, maybe, that's not what they really want. What they really want is to say, what was he like? And, you know, you can't possibly be like anything in the 30 seconds that you encounter somebody. So I just made a card that said, uh, I, you, you met me and you found me very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you just say hello to people. That's I it? do. I say, I'm not signing and they're not even asking me to sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> so one last question before we go, I got to ask, as we all get older, do you also find you're having memory issues? I've laid on a massage table and tried to remember, you know, some actor's name, and I'll go A, D, B, C, and then I'll realize it doesn't matter if I know, you know. There's a certain acceptance uh, of memory loss. Like if you if you said to me, what did you eat for dinner last night? Uh, I go, uh, uh, I, mean, I don't remember where I was. But, you know, my memory's not bad. I can, I don't, I know faces. You know, I, <laughs> which my, is great. I know my dog. That's all you need. Uh, so I just accept a certain amount of uh, diminished memory, but I think it's because of lack of interest. I don't remark, oh, this is what I had, and I'll always remember this. Um, Do you ever forget lines on stage or jokes on stage or anything or to have to never. have to vamp? There you go. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that many of these names are unimportant names. It's just... You want to retain everything, and that's why your computer brain kind of says it's not important. Well, you should know that Marty also has Rain Man memory. He he can remember dates, times, places from 35 years ago. It was rainy that day, he'll say. Yeah. Well, I used to think I had H-SAM, which is that H-SAM is that ability um, to remember everything you ate, wore, did throughout your entire life. And... Um, I used to think I had it, but but that Mary Lou Henner has it. I was just yes, I was just going to say. It. I was telling someone once that I had, I thought I had H. Sam. I said just like Mary Lou, and I couldn't remember Henner. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a different take on Mary Lou, and and I, I've known Mary Lou. I think she makes all this up because who's gonna who's gonna possibly challenge her on what she ate forty years ago? So I'm not convinced. Well, wait a minute. I worked with Mary Lou Henner. And she has this ability, you can say, you can say December 2nd, 1444. And she goes, Tuesday. And also she said she, you know, she did like 140 episodes of Taxi and she can remember every one of her lines and every guest star. No. I believe her. That's, wow. It is called H. Sam and there have been studies, there's not many, some are 10-year-olds, some are 
80 year olds and who have disability. Wow, David, would that, how would that affect your brain? Wouldn't that take up so much space in your brain that you couldn't remember to do other things like walk or eat? I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of memory. Where I have a problem with this is memory in general. As we get older, we have arterial sclerosis. Our blood vessels get older with us. And the blood supply to these areas in the hippocampus and the temporal lobe and these places in our brain that store memory, they're not getting the same perfusion. So that's why that's why we forget these little things. Marty, by the way, you said that you go through this exercise with a name and you got to ABC. Do you know the rest of the alphabet or do you then no. stop at C? No, that's my biggest problem. <laughs> So if the person's name started with a D, you're in trouble. He never learned. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. This was really, really sweet. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. It was really fun to do this. Nice to see you all. Bye, guys. And there you have it, two comedy legends, Steve Martin and Martin Short, on this special edition of Bedside Matters. Check out their upcoming tour dates at stevemartin.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bedside Matters Podcast and on Twitter on Bedside Matters Pod. And if you have a question for Dr. Kipper, go to bedsidematters.org and leave him a message. For Dr. Kipper, Anna Vicino, and me, Peter Tilden, have a happy and healthy week. The information on Bedside Matters should not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information on Bedside Matters is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.